You're listening to the British Baseball Podcast. Whoa, we are recording. That's a lot of pressure. Okay. This is this is gold. Andy. Got it. Yeah, the cool dude approach. Okay, it's Escajido. That's the one we're sticking with. You sure? Do you want to change hat again? No, no. Uh, well, we see. I'm... No, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with these with this one, mate. I'll go with this. Are those hats then you got any troubles? Mm-hmm. I've got a few. I've got this one, Escajido, mm-hmm. San Domingo team. Nice. I've got the Serie de Caribe. New Era one, again, Santa Domingo. And then I've also got this one, Lise, El Tigres de Lise. Blues. These guys are kind of the reds, these guys the blues, and then you've got the other teams with the different colours as well. So it's all all about what colour you are in in Santa Domingo or in Dominican Republic, whether you're green, yellow, blue, red, you know, what's your, where do you sit? I'm sure we'll find out more about that if you've made a decision later on. I want to know, though, um, well, we've been chatting for quite a while anyway. We have. So I suppose listeners would like to know, what have you been up to since we last spoke? Because a lot has happened yeah, a lot uh, has since happened. you're last on the air. And yeah. um, you started off with a little little mooch over to Italy. Yeah. Well, you know, I think when we last speak, I think it was the Josh Gibson MVB campaign. Mm, yeah. Okay, so since then, I was over in Italy with Team GB. And at the at the European Championships, which was phenomenal, absolutely fantastic. Uh, two weeks with the team, completely embedded with the team. You know, it was uh, COVID protocols still, so we were uh, bubbled in the hotel, which I thought was superb. Because actually, for my in, in my in my in, for what I did, it was fantastic because the players couldn't get away from me, and they were held captive, so they had to be there. So I could paint them, I could get to know them a bit more, I could get to understand the dynamics of the team, I could really see. The, the first week was the training week and they were just like all the prep for the competition. And then the second week was actual tournament itself. And to see the, to be there from day one when all the players are coming in and they're all meeting at the training ground and they start off and then just like the first bus ride home. And then you get back to the hotel, everyone's having dinner, da 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 da. And just how the team spirit and how the bonding came together. I know you've had like Aaron Singh on and yeah. uh, Josh and um, Zach and, you know, people like that. And to meet those guys and just just to see how quickly I thought I knew each other really really well, I was like, when did you meet each other? And they were just like, oh well, you know, I met him on the plane, I met him in the airport, da 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 da. And I was like, wow, it seems like you guys know each other forever. But straight away they're just in it, and uh, that was one. I mean, incredible experience. And it was cool. It was cool to be there, you know, for our country, you know, for Team GB to to actually see our country playing baseball in a major tournament, and the professionalism of the staff the quality of the staff the coaching staff the management staff glenn the the, the gm like how well everything was put paul taking the photographs for the team yeah, yeah. just superb the setup's amazing and and, and people are doing it for absolutely nothing and um and they're just doing it for the love of the team and they want they want the baseball in this country to progress and get further and get bigger and get better and um yeah absolutely fantastic i loved it it was uh and and the project came together really nicely i think you might have seen my book Happy and glorious. Just, just happened to have a copy of it on my lap here, oh. and um, and again, I'm really, really proud, really happy with the the way it all came together. Again, it kind of takes you through. You know, I think this is a baseball book like no other. And again, I'm really pleased I've started this with with Team GB. So we've got Turin, we've got the training, 
And then again, it was just the way it stepped up. Like every every training session, the severity of the session or the seriousness just got a little bit more, a little yeah. bit more intense. And then we've got all the games. And it's Beautiful not just pictures, is it? Well. It's, it's got a bit about the games themselves and the, yep. the box scores and yep. quite got a nice few. little memento of the tournament. Yeah, it's completely unique. I mean, I, I don't think there's any other books on baseball like it. And, you know, the Brad Marcelino, we've got all some of the players at the back here. So it was, um, yeah, it was absolutely wonderful. I mean, an absolute honour to be there, to hear the national anthem playing and to be part of the the setup. And, you know, the, the last game, Drew, Drew asked me if I wanted to come into the dugout and paint from the dugout. Like, a huge honour to be actually in the dugout with the, for the last game for the team painting in the corner and by that's you know I've never rooted for a team so hard like I know those guys relatively well in the, in the couple of weeks we were together and like they were you know heart in your mouth and you just you just dying for them to get you know get the yeah. strike out or get, get the home run or whatever else it was fantastic loved it so what how hard is it for you to to fit into the group trade like you said then the the players had pretty much just made sure that started because they had that baseball connection did you find it quite easy to assess them with the team or did he see you really a bit cautious around you to start with no they're brilliant brilliant and again this is this is the wonderful thing about baseball for me this is why i've got you know i've got two nephews in this country three nephews overseas and i'd be desperate for my if i had you know sons or daughters i'd be desperate to get them into baseball like you cannot walk past one of the team players or like you know one of the guys you walk past if you're carrying something they'll ask you if you need a hand and maybe that's because you know you're old and you're looking feeble and you're not as strong as them but also just the manners and just the way like they, if you're in, if you're in the setup, if you're part of the team, you're part of the team and it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It doesn't matter if you've played well, not played well, whether you're, you know, who you are, if you're, you know, for me straight away, like Drew introduced me in the first, there was one of the training sessions in this very small ballpark uh, just outside of Turin. And, you know, I'm in the stands painting and I'm, I'm down by the sidelines and I'm painting them. And I can see him kind of looking over like, who the hell's this guy? Like, what's he doing? And then at the end, Drew introduced me. He said, oh, by the way, you know, we've got this guy with us. He told him a little bit about myself. And, you know, I said, I said, look, I'm just here. I want to, you know, document you guys and what you're doing. Um, you know, but I'm just going to be out of the way. I don't want to be an inconvenience. I don't want to get, in, you know, get on your nerves. If you need me, get, you know, just tell me if you need me to leave the room, whatever. Um, but straight away, they're just like, they're just like, right, you're in, Andy. Da, 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 da. You get on the bus and then on the bus, Grant Carey straight away. Do you want to play Mafia? And I was like, what's Mafia? And he said, do you want to play Mafia? And I was like, yeah, go on then. I don't know what it is, but I'll play. He said, okay, go to the back of the bus. So you go to the back of the bus and you sat there and there was a game called Mafia where I can't remember exactly how it works, but basically it's like some, it's like a team building game, I guess. Yeah. So you're part of the team straight away. You're in this game, they're all taking the mick out of you. They're all getting on your case. You're getting on their case straight away. By the end of that journey, you've, you've traveled only half an hour and you're laughing and taking the mickey out of each other, like knowing each other for years. It was, it was superb. So it was, um, no, I mean, like, even in the book, you know, I'm in the, the pitchers meetings, I'm in the hitters meetings, I'm in all the different bits. And again, I said that the coaches were fantastic. You know, I said to them, look, if you need me to leave or you don't want me here or this is, you know, if I'm getting in the way, you just tell me. I'll, I'll step out, I'll step aside. But no, they were they were just so generous with their time, welcoming. Um, I loved it. It was absolutely fantastic. I've actually just done, this is another thing I wanted to show you, I've just done this for the Shooters Joe Jackson museum in south carolina nice they've put together a little collectible uh pack of trading cards oh. they've got, they've got uh, is it 20 different artists i think 20 different artists have done something to do with a joe jackson image and there's a limited edition number of um number of packs 
Now, Dan, the man at um, the Shooter Show Jackson Museum, he's put together the packs and he's given, yeah, I think he made a hunt of 500. Joe Jackson's hitting average was 356. So the, the rest of the cards he sent to the artist. So we've got, you know, these here. But on the back here, it's got a little, you've got your own baseball card and it's asked you, you know, which where you throw, uh, your favorite team. So of course, Team GB, favorite team. So you can put on a favorite stadium, favorite book, favorite player. Yeah. So it's got all those things there. But yeah, Team GB, they're my team now. So, uh, so yeah, so that was, uh, the Team GB experience was amazing. And it was just a very unique, Again, with all the COVID stuff, it was very unique having to, uh, well, you know, they were, they were training in the car park. You know, we were in the gym. I was in the gym one morning, and that's very embarrassing, sitting next to, you know, working out next to a baseball player. And uh, and then they all disappeared, and, they get, and I was like, where are you guys going? Oh, we're going to go and do some training. And I was like, where are you going? Oh, the car park. So you go into the car park, and in between all the pillars, they're doing their pitching, they're throwing medicine balls around and all this, bouncing them off the walls, because you couldn't really go outside. It was really... You know, sometimes you could go and do this, you're allowed to do that. Sometimes you won't, you have to go and do this. But again, the way the team adapted, but the way they did it, the professionalism was, was unbelievable. And they did, I mean, you know, they did incredibly well. And yeah, yeah. superstars came out of that tournament and they've gone on to do, you know, some really good things, getting um, getting in some good teams in, in the States and who knows where else. So, um, so, yeah, I loved it. I mean, I think that, hopefully that comes across. Yeah, yeah, definitely. What, what was your dugout experience like then? Intense absolutely intense like you 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 can't get any close to the game you know you can be you know sometimes I'm painting in the stadium and I'm right back at the back sometimes I'm right behind home plate all this sort of thing but you're you're, you're in the stadium or you're in the you're in the, the regular part where you normally would go to be in the dugout and you've got you know you've, you're right there and the, and and the guys are coming in like the pitchers coming off the mound and you know you're getting high fives all over the place and it gives you one as well you get a fist bump or whatever and you're like Wow, you're right involved now. Like, there's no like, there's no separation. Somehow, you you were right there with the team. So to be in the dugout was um, really intense, really emotional, really kind of full on. Um, I did the same in the in the lead on. That was like so, and and it was also you know what this one was the one of the most beautiful ballparks I've ever been to. This one just outside of uh, Turin, heading towards the the Alps. Yeah, and you've got this little ruined castle up on the up on the hillside up here. And then Drew and Coa down here in the corner over here. Like, yeah, I mean, it was it was just a beautiful. And actually, that game, there was lightning. So there was a thunderstorm in the background. So I remember, um, uh, you know, the, the, the lightning would be flashing in the background over here. And the yeah. whole, the, like, the pitch would turn into a silhouette. And, like, it was just, it was just a beautiful, amazing kind of magical, magical game. Um, but, yeah, it was just intense. But, again, just seeing the – just how it works, like seeing the coaches talking to each other, working out what to do next, getting the call to the bullpen, um, you know, Drew going out, getting the pitch if needed, or going to have a chat with the catcher, whatever. It was, um, you know, yeah, you, re you really see the inner workings of the game and uh, the just what it means to everybody. Just inspirational, like really, like the, the again, take my hats off to those guys and, and everybody involved, and, and any baseball player, really, like the dedication and the what you have to put yourself through to be a top athlete like that is is just next level. Did you get on well with anyone in particular, like staff or players, or, or was everybody just as well? No, the whole lot. You had you had you know you had different things with everybody, different jokes with everybody, different things you'd hang out and do with everybody. Um, but no, they're all superb. Like you know, you'd, you'd play those games on the back of the bus, and then you might have some drinks in the evening. You'd be playing cards and. Um, but no, they're all just just absolutely top guys. Uh, really, really good. So. 
I loved it. It was just really funny, little funny little moments here and there and little in-jokes and, you know, all that sort of stuff. But it was, there was just, everybody's just in the team. Like, it was just, and, you know, that's that's a credit to the Team GB system and the coaches and the way they've set it up. Like, they they foster that ideal straight away. Like, you are, you're in the team and that's it. And, uh, um, yeah, incredible. Really cool. Was it quite difficult for... Um... The, the dugout paintings for you, you described it then as being quite emotional and quite intense. Did that affect your painting or did it make it uh, any better, I suppose, that emotion? I think, I think, that, I think it all comes across. That's what I want it to be like that. I want it to be, I don't want to be, I want to be as close to the actual, I want to feel wherever I'm painting or whatever I'm doing, I want to be 110% with it. Like I'm not a, I'm probably a bit extreme myself in many respects and in my life. So I feel like I want to be right. If I'm, if I'm there, I'm 110% there. If I'm not, I'm way at the back somewhere. Like I'm, I, I'm, um, so when you're painting that, I want it to be that I am feeling all of that, but I do, I think that's like, that's, you know, the way I paint and, uh, you know, the, 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 yeah, the way I paint, there's my style of painting, the way that I naturally express myself is, um, you know, I like the expression, I like the emotion, I like the atmosphere. It's all about that. And I feel like that's what comes across in my work, hopefully. And that's, that's um, you know, it's part of me. It's part of the atmosphere. It's part of the whole experience. It's me experiencing this thing. Um, but I don't, I mean, it's, yeah, in, in some respects, it's hard in the fact that, you know, the guys on the mound and you're absolutely, you know, I'm rooting like the Belgian game was, was that crazy game where, oh, yeah. you know, we thought we'd wrapped it up and we thought, yeah. you know, well, I thought, oh, yeah, right, you know, we're, we're, we're going into the eighth, right, great, okay, we've, we've done it. And then it absolutely just spanned just completely around and like never seen such a crazy game baseball in my life. And it's just like, you're so, you're so, I've never been so invested in a team, like so invested in the team and just like, just you're dying for them to win. You just want to get that final out. And then Chris Messer gets up throwing absolute darts, like, and brilliant, just finished, closed it out. Um, so it was, yeah, I mean, it was, it, it's, it was intense, but exactly what I want, exactly how I want my work to be, you know, to be, I want to be working in those conditions where I'm just feeding and working off those, that atmosphere. And, and again, hopefully that comes through the work. Yeah. Yeah. It looks, it looks great. I mean, like I've, I've seen, you work as well up close and I yeah. think our house our wallpaper is Andy Brown artwork <laughs> um which is never a bad thing but um yeah it, it does it it looks fantastic so you you moved then from Italy you had a bit of time yep. back, back in Britain and then you were yep. back up into the skies again yeah I was, I was over to Dominican I had a project over there that had been it'd been on and off for about over a year I guess it was a, a project I mean, it all came, like like a lot of things, it, it came about um, in relatively unexpected fashion, but it was a couple of years ago, I got a message from a guy in Santo Domingo. Um, I'd met his boss or a guy that he works for. I'd met him in Guadalajara in Mexico in 2019 at the Premier 12 tournament I was painting at. And um, ends up that every year, these this agency and this guy, they, they make a book to do with the culture of the Dominican Republic. So this guy had seen my work in Guadalajara. We talked a little bit. I didn't know who he was or what he did, you know, just nice, nice fella you're talking to. And then, um, and then I get this message about, oh, you know, we've, we've got a project we'd like to talk to you about. Um, you know, we really love your work. So got to talk to these guys and it's, it's to make a book. So, um, it's a book all to do with the Dominican culture or the Dominican baseball and how important it is to the culture. So like I say, it was on and off, like, like the, it was supposed to be, it was supposed to be 2020 was supposed to be when I was going to do it, but because of the 
COVID situation, they still had the they're still with the season, but they didn't have the fans. So, you know, kind of, you know, like many places, strange kind of season. So, um, so yeah, then they weren't sure if it was going to happen on and off for all of last year. And it was only like six weeks before I went out, I kind of had a, had, a, had another meeting with the guys over there and they were like, yeah, it's, it's going to happen. But I kind of felt like they weren't still 100% sure it was, but they were seeing if I was available. And I was like, yeah, okay, well, I'm, I'm coming. Whatever, I'm, I'm there if it's happening. And it was only about three or four weeks before I left that I got an email and they were like, okay, here's your flight, here's your, here's your ticket. Um, we'll see you in three weeks or whatever it was. And it was like, oh, okay, we're, I'm doing this, we're going. So um and it was fantastic i mean that was that was i was supposed to be there for three months ended up being there for four and it was um again it was like the dominican is a very or for me i found it a very extreme place you've got extreme poverty you've got extreme wealth right next to each other um it's very very loud and very very passionate but then you turn around and call it's completely dead silent it just goes from like naught to 60 within no no time whatsoever and, and, and you know anything can happen um and, you know, I was being taken around all the different levels of baseball there. So, you know, like these here, they're both from the Serie de Caribe, in fact. But, you know, they're, they're, you, you'll be painting at the Serie de Caribe. And then, again, over my shoulder, over the back here, you've got the topper painting from the Vitia, which is where, the, you know, they're using a bottle top and a broom handle. So you've got, like, the the the, the original form of baseball or the, or the street form of baseball there that they play. Uh, you've got a softball game just below that one there um so i was being taken to all the different levels of baseball so it was and, it, and that was quite quite extreme again it was quite surreal because like in the morning you might be at a, a sugarcane village and it would be like a pretty uh certainly not a prosperous area and you'd be in this village where everyone's there working on the sugarcane fields and then you'd go to the ballpark there and it'd be like albert Pujols had put it together maybe i don't know how many years before but a good few years before now and you've got kids walking around there, flying kites made out of plastic bags. They've got no shoes on their feet. Uh, there's plastic bottles like just everywhere. Just, you know, it's just, um, you know, quite quite a, a poor kind of area. And then in the evening, you'd be in the, you know, the dugout with the Gigantes de Cibao. You'd be, you know, in, in the big, big, um, the big stadium with a massive crowd around your painting. So it was all, so it was quite an extreme um few months doing the baseball and all the different levels of it and meeting all the people and um and yeah it was it was it was incredible like I can't believe like I reckon in the end I got I probably did about 150 140 different paintings in in the three months when I was on the project and again the project just got bigger and bigger like you started with okay it would be for the first three weeks I was with the agency and they'd be taking me, you know, we had a van, so they'd be taking me around all the different spots and I'd be meeting people they'd set up to me or to different games or different ballparks. But as I got to know people a bit more and get to get to meet some of the journalists and some of the fans and whatever else you get talking to, and then they'd be like, oh, you know what, you should go and paint this guy or you should go and meet this person. And da -da -da -da. So it ended up that the project just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And it just went into these, you know, crazy shifts where like one moment, you know, I was painting uh, Rudy Rosario, like an Uber fan for the Aguilas. I met this, I saw this guy at the ballpark one day. He's got this big yellow hat on, uh, huge, like, lapeled, like, yellow suit. And he's in the crowd and everyone's taking photos of him, making videos with him. And I was like, who's this guy? Like, he's, he's something. And, and he's, the Aguilas weren't playing that game. There was, I think it was uh, the Estrellas versus Lise, maybe. I can't remember. But, but anyway, I was thinking, why is this guy here and who is he and whatever? So I took some photos of him and I was like, I don't know who this guy is, but maybe we should find out. It ends up he's like the big supporter for Aguila. So he's like, he always wears his yellow suits and he, he looks like Al Capone, like incredible looking guy. Um, 
so you know the next day it got set up that we go and meet him and you're at his place and he's there with his tailor he takes and shows his wardrobe and his wardrobe's got all these yellow suits of different variations all these different hats he's got he had like a little kind of hand well man bag i guess you call it which was signed by pablo escobar's brother or something like this or cousin or who knows who so you got this character that's like complete he's like a comic book character and um you're there with him in the morning and then in the evening you're at the stadium and i was in the the skybox in the the media center up here and i was painting uh franklin um franklin mirabel one of the the big commentator for the lycee the teachers of the lycee and the man's like an opera singer like when he's commentating he's just like just the way he bellows out the calls and the extreme, like the extreme, like every strike, every pitch, every foul ball, he's crying about it, he's celebrating, he's cheering about it, whatever happens for every single pitch of the game. And um, yeah, it was just kind of, and then, and then of course, you know, you're painting David Ortiz one day and then you're painting Rufo El Leon, the, the mascot for, for these guys, Escajido, you're painting him one day, you've got a big, you've got a man who's 36 years old who comes to your place and you see him on the street and he's turning into Rufo El Leon. And I filmed him, I made a video of him but then afterwards I told oh you can't put that out because nobody can know who Rufo or Leon is so you see this guy change into Rufo or Leon and then he comes into your house and he's sat on my sofa and you've got this big you've got a 36 year old man dressed in a mascot's uniform on your sofa and you put some reggaeton and merengue on YouTube and you listen to that while you do a little painting of him and it was just these kind of surreal funny days like really kind of bizarre extreme funny days um but all good it was it was yeah phenomenal Tell us a bit more about some of the characters that you met while you were out there. Because you've named you've named some pretty impressive names so far. Yeah, I mean, in terms of like, like, like in terms of the, uh, again, you, I, I was it was it was incredible. What an honor! I mean, I was meeting like the the the, the superstars. Like you know, you meet Big Pappy, and then you <clears> you're you're there painting Marcel Azuna, and then uh, you know, I was in the stadium at the finals, and then. Uh, Pipe Ureta, the the head coach for the the Gigantes de Cibao, he he come up to me and he said, "Oh, you Andy Brown?" I was like, "Yeah." yeah. And he said, "Oh, yeah, I've, I've followed your work, like your work." Da, 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 da. So we're having a chat, and you know, really nice fella. And then um, he said, "Look, if you want to do anything today, like if you want to come in the dugout tonight and paint down there, if you want to paint any of the players, whatever you need, you know, just let me know." And I was like, "Well, I'd like to do your portrait." He said, "Yeah, of course." So you go down to the field. And, you know, they're just doing BP and stuff. Or they just, it was kind of a way before the game. So started doing a portrait of him. So I'm there doing that. And then you turn around and the whole of the team are like behind you. And you've got these massive guys behind you. And they're all looking over your shoulder at the, at the painting and seeing what you're doing. And then Marcel Azuna comes up to you and gives a little nod or whatever, a little fist bump or whatever. And you've got just all these players like just, you know, you, you're used to watching them and you think what they're doing is good. And then they are the guys who are behind you. And they're like, yeah, okay, next, next you're gonna do me, next you're gonna do me, next you're gonna do me next. So um yeah, pretty, pretty funny, pretty, pretty extreme doing those, um, getting to meet those guys and 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 do their portraits and have them, you know, laugh about it and joke about it a bit. Yeah. And, um, yeah, kind of that was pretty incredible. And then yeah, I mean, there was there was, there was but also like, you know, you meet the little kids in the stadium, you meet these kids who you know, they want to get the foul ball. If they can get a foul ball, maybe they can sell it to somebody or maybe they can use it to play baseball themselves. At the end of the game, they, uh, the, the game they're going around, some of them, and, you know, they might be looking for, for food and leftovers and all this. You've got some like, really tragic situations over there, but you're meeting kids like that who are who are there and kind of live in the ballpark and you're seeing the reality of of baseball and life in, in Dominican for some people. And, and again, the, the uh, you know, what baseball means to people there is, is that thing of, well, I knew that the Dominican Republic produced good baseball players and I know that the Dominican players are good. Um, but then when you go there and you see, you know, 
kids who are like four, five, six, whatever, and they've got baseball bats and mitts and they're, and they're training and they're working out and they're practicing and they're playing. And then, you know, and they might not have shoes on their feet or they might be on a pitch that's like covered in rubble and it's not flat. It's just, you think, wow, I can't believe they're doing this. And then they're in the streets and they're playing with stones or they're playing with a bottle top and they're playing with a broom handle and all this sort of thing. Um, and then you go to the MLB academies or you go to the academies and you see these, these places where, you know, you go through the gates and, and they're the, the, it's like a carpet and the, the, you've got kids there who are not more than 16 because that's when they usually go into the MLB academies and you've got kids who are, you know, the way they play baseball is incredible. They're skipping and jumping all over the field and they're, they're, they're scooping up the ball and tossing over to first base like it's nothing at all. And, um, yeah, it's, it, was, it was just extreme. And then you, so you realise, you think, well, this is, this is a game, this is a sport, people love it, people enjoy playing it, people love going to support it. But for um, plenty of people over there, it's a way out of their situation, it's a way yeah. out of themselves, helping their families, helping their communities as well. Yeah. You know, you go to towns, like we went to the town where Vagarero is from, and the whole town, you know, murals of Vagarero, um, a big number 27 on the, on the side of the hill. You've got just, it's just, but again, he's putting money back into that place. He still lives in that place. So he's, he's helping out that place. And um, yeah, the impact that they, you know, they always talk about leaving the door open for the next generation. You know, David Ortiz was talking about that. And, you know, so many of the players that I met were talking about that is, you know, they're all trying to help that next generation come through because that's where they come from. They, they know what that's like. They've, they've um, you know, Emilio Bonifacio plays for Lee Say. He came over to my place for a, for a painting or for a portrait. And again, like I'd, I was painting the Colmados, which are like the corner stores. But then, I mean, it's like a news agency here, effectively. But it's like, uh, it really is like the centerpiece of every street or every every little bit of a barrio will have a, a, on the corner will be a Colmado. And that's where people go to drink and hang out, listen to music, dance, watch the baseball. So I was painting those sorts of places. But again, like Emilio coming to my place and he was looking at some of the paintings and he loved these ones of the Colmado because that's where he grew up. He was, he's, I think his parents owned a Colmado in San Domingo. So again, you realize that the um, you know, where everyone's come from to where they are now, what they're what they're aiming for, it's it's quite spectacular, it's quite incredible. But again, it was very moving to be honest. Like I was physically and emotionally and, and mentally a bit of a wreck by the end of it because it was it was so yeah. it was so much. It was it was a lot to see, a lot to meet, a lot to take on, uh, a lot to witness. And it was just just an honor to have been there and done that. And um, I'm hoping like with the the book and the work i feel like well it was it was amazing to be to do that project to, to like I, you know i've never done a project so that are so ingrained embedded with and so like so intense um and i feel like i, I mean i know that like to, for the country for the people in the paintings um they loved it and it was it's you know i can't believe i'm there i'm i'm the guy behind the easel watching it all happen so it's yeah. um, it was kind of cool See, you touched on some stuff there about that it was pretty much like baseball bus for a lot of people. How did that experience, or how has that experience affected or impacted you? Because just hearing that then about the kids, yeah, they're about the same age as my son, yeah, um, like just playing with scraps and but like yeah. just hearing that they're trying to get a foul ball to to try and make ends meet. I think if I was there, I'd be trying to adopt every single one of them. <laughs> yes, I'd, I'd, I'd find that really difficult to, to witness. How is it for you and like, has it has it changed you at all or impacted you? Uh, well, yeah, yeah and no. I mean, it's it's that thing of, I mean, yeah, of course you want to help everybody. Like you can't, um, you can't see that and feel like, oh, this is all right or this is, 
you know, I mean, at the end of the day, you realise how lucky and fortunate you are to be from the UK or be in this situation that I am and, and, and to be there painting it and doing what I'm doing there. Like, that's that's an incredibly privileged position to be in. And, and But you've got to be thankful for it. You've got to realise, well, you're lucky with that. And uh, and then again, you're thinking, well, OK, how can what I do help and benefit other people? Um, so, you know, there, there's there's little there's a few little things I'm thinking about trying to trying to do. Um, I mean, a very, very small one was just like I love like. There was one one place where um, you meet, you met, uh, there was a team training, like, and again, the young kids, the young boys, and they're training on this field, and it's, the field is just like this, it's just got huge craters in it, it's got bricks at the back over there, and it's got all sorts of stuff. Um, and then, but then there's some of the kids come around, they want to see what you're doing, they want to know who you are and where you're from, da, 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 da. so you start talking to them a bit. Now, my Spanish is not fantastic at all, not, not good at all, so you're you're talking to them a little bit in Spanish, but then you can teach them a little bit of English, and then they can teach you a little bit of Spanish, and then they want to learn how to paint, so you're showing them a little bit how to paint. Okay, you, you know, <laughs> know enough about the colours, and if you can say what a tree is and all this. So you're starting to teach them a few little things, and you're just having these nice interactions with them, and I know that isn't an awful lot, and it doesn't really necessarily change their lives, but maybe it's just a little bit something which, you know, makes their day a little bit more special, a little bit better, a little bit different. Um, but, you know, those sort of kids, again, you know, I, I was a teacher for 15 years, and I feel like, well, education and the learning is key and it's it's this is the this is what you know this this can help in a certain extent so again you know there's there's a, there's a guy i know steve pinder who's at the works at the hall of fame in cooperstown i met him in 2019 he has a charity called roberto's children and what they do is they send baseball equipment use baseball equipment in the states all around the world to, to people who might need it yeah, yeah. So again when i was with those kids at that place i'm just talking about there i painted their coach a guy called chepe who again um he's teaching kids how to play baseball because it hopefully can help them one day i went to his house the next day they invited me over to do his portrait so i go to his house and again it's not he's not making any money out of teaching kids how to play baseball they're making ends meet with like the the just what any equipment they've got any sort of funding any sort of money anything they can get their hands on they're, they're using it to to get the kids tops to get them baseball bats and whatever else so i got in touch with steve in at the hall of fame i said look like there's a guy here i've just met because i know that i go to lots of all these different places maybe i can be that thing or i can kind of help just hook people up and get get things coming through that way so there's yeah. little things like that and even like at the end now i was painting some of the shoe shine boys you go down the malecon in in santa domingo or just anywhere and there's kids who want to shine your shoes. And again, they need to make a certain amount of money before they can go home that night or to help feed their families and all this sort of thing. So again, you get them to shine their shoes and give them a little bit of a tip. And then some of them are doing portraits of them. And I thought, well, I can, you know, they can have their, you know, I'll do their portrait if they want it, they can have it. So a few of the kids, I gave them the portrait and they took that away with them. Um, it'd be nice to think that, you know, one day they might be able to sell that for a huge amount of money or, or maybe one day, or maybe it's just like, you know, maybe it just gave them a little bit of a boost that day. And you think, well, um, don't know you just do what you can but i'm not sure you know I, I don't know what i can do really it's it's just little bits and um again generating awareness um but i would like that i'd hope that my work can can be used for that sort of for, for you know positive um helping people along the way as well really yeah definitely yeah um did you find it hard to settle in when you went over there i know probably actually the same with the the gb stuff with being a completely different culture and language barriers how easy was it for you to adjust and settle? You know, you're away for quite a long period of time. It was over Christmas as well. Was it yeah. was it quite quite a hard um, project for you? No, well, um, I mean, yeah, it was in many respects. In some respects it was, but settling and, and getting to know the culture and getting to know the people or, or just being feeling at home or... No, not really. I mean, people were very welcoming there and they're very friendly there. 
um very very generous very very kind like you you go somewhere and you need something they'll help somebody will help you out like there's there's no you know like the the colmado would take my post like the corner shop would take my post if i wasn't in that the, the, the postman or the guy the delivery guy would leave it with senor luis down at the thing um you know i had a bad stomach at one point you don't need to know too much about that but like I went into the Colmado and, 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 you know, ordered, I said, oh, I need this and this and this. And he was like, oh, is your, uh, you know, I asked about my stomach. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it's not great. And anyway, a few days later, I go back in. He's asking how my stomach is. Are you all right now? Da, 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 whatever else. Like, you just, like, people make you feel so welcome there and and help each other out so much there. So it was, um, so now I found, I felt relatively, you know, relatively at home. Of course, you know, you know, like I say, my Spanish isn't great. So you're, you're learning bits and you're picking things up. But people want to talk to you. They want to know what you're doing there. They want to know who you are. Um, but they're incredibly welcoming, incredibly generous. They really are. So, um, you know, again, I painted a portrait of the one of the car parking guys who was kind of near my street. And at one point he comes back from the shop and he's got some bread and some avocado and he breaks it all up and he gives you some avocado and gives you some bread and all this. And you know, this guy's not earning, I don't know how much he's earning a day, but he's not earning I don't know, more than $10 a day, I don't expect. Probably, probably maybe even less than that, I've no idea. But he's not earning a lot of money every day. And like this avocado and this, this bread's his lunch and maybe that's his only food for the day, but he's giving you, he's, he's sharing it all out with you. And you're like, well, that's... that's um, Again, it's a lesson. It's 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 good to see those things and realize those things and realize well, um, you know, we can all be a little bit, you know, we can, we you know, you've got to catch yourself out a little bit at times and realize well, um, you know, use that for good. I guess a little bit yeah. of a learning lesson. Right, let's do a bit of tourism board stuff. Try and oh, wait, pick it up a bit because uh, where are we where are we promoting today? Uh, the Dominican Republic. Let's talk oh, right. about the, the, the areas that you've that, that you went to. Yeah. Tell us about the. Um, the, the foods, the ballparks, and those yeah. sort of experiences, and, and give us an overall sort of picture of the yeah. places that you went to. Yeah, I mean, I went all over the place. Uh, I mean, beaches are fantastic. If you want to go to a nice beach, Dominican's got so many nice beaches. Uh, the food is fantastic. If you go to the beach, the fish, um, the sancocho is my favourite. That's like a chicken, chicken soup, uh, like a stew, I guess. And... Um, yeah, I mean it's fantastic. Like a chicken soup with with uh, plantain and uh, veggies, and it's yeah, delicious with rice, beans. Um, where else did I go that I liked? I mean the the ballparks are really. I love the ballparks because they're they're all relatively they're all relatively simple. I guess is one thing you'd say about them. They they are not like the big MLB ones with with great big you know scoreboards and all the rest of it they do have the yeah. scoreboards and stuff but they're you know they don't have all the, the electronics and all, all that sort of thing but the the noise and the 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 music that the fans are playing and they they have a band so every team will have a band with like big big trombones and trumpets and drums and everyone's dancing the the atmosphere of the ballparks was phenomenal like the the, the passion again for the game you know if a team wins the game it's just a regular season game they win the game and then at the end of the game there's like a big party out in the street all the way out of the stands through the whole stadium there's like a big procession and the procession will be fanning following the band so the band will be at the front playing the music everyone's going absolutely wild and they're just following the band along and it's a procession of like i don't know a few thousand people and they go out onto the street in front of the the ballpark huge big party and then and then they do the same the next night if they win again if they don't and they lose they just go home that night but every night is like that like it's not 
there's never an off day with it. Like it is always like full on win or lose, it's full on. And then when you get to the finals, I mean, when they the Gigantes won the final, like again, it goes absolutely bananas. Like it's absolutely like the the you know at the end of the game. I think it was the it was game one. I think it was Australia's won it. And that was in San Pedro de Macaris. And we're coming out of the stadium. We leave the stadium. It's going wild in the stadium. Outside the stadium, you, you, you're on your way back home to the hotel. So you're on the way back there. And then you see all these scooters coming along. And there's people in their cars. And they've got, like, big sound systems. It's just, it's, the speakers are attached to the top of the cars. And they're just blasting out this reggaeton. There's people hanging out of the cars. They've got in their trucks. They've got big speakers in the trucks. And it's just hundreds and hundreds of cars, scooters, all going along, just driving around like a big convoy, going through the streets, just blasting out music, people dancing outside out of the sunroofs. Um, yeah, pretty wild. It was it was uh, very extreme, but it was fantastic. I mean, just just so much fun all the time. Yeah. Uh, from your experience, then, which team do you say has the best or are the most passionate fans who had the best environment? Geez, that's a tricky one and get you in a lot of trouble. But I would have to say the the, well, the craziest fans for me were the Aguilas. That's in San, Santiago up in the north. Um, yeah, really, really wild fans and really fun fans. Um, they're they're like the them and Lee say are kind of traditionally the two big teams that have the rivalry, uh, the Blues and the Yellows. And um, I was at the game. The game when I was in Santiago was Lee say uh, Aguilas and. Lee say were winning, and then I can't remember what inning it was, sixth, seventh, eighth inning, whatever. Aguilas started to come back into the game, and it was just getting a little bit more possible. And there was just, just a bit of crescendo in the crowd, and a little bit more more going on in the crowd. And then they pulled it back in like the ninth inning, and the place went just absolutely wild. Like it was um, huge party, huge huge party. I even got to dance a bit of bachata, which I've never done before, and I don't think I'd dance bachata. But some lady tried to make me dance bachata, and I let it down big time, but anyway, uh, I tried my best for for the I don't know thirty seconds, which we were holding each other. It was very romantic. Uh, which was your favourite area to paint them? You mean in terms of the ballparks, or just in general? Because I did a lot of stuff that was away from the field as well. Where did you have the most fun? Oh, I don't know, Matt. It was all fun. It was, you know, he, I was painting the dominoes on the street corner in, in the coal mardo where yeah, I, was, so. I was living. That was fantastic. Like, I went and painted inside the coal mardo. That was fantastic. I go and beat a mar, paint a marble of the car park and dined that guy down there. Like, I, everywhere. You know, I went to the beach, like, the beach is beautiful to paint at, really nice. You've got beautiful sunsets. You've got the surfers. You've got, you know, people walking down the beach. You, you know, you might be drinking a, a rum and coke or something. Like, that's pretty good fun. Um, but, you know, every, you know, you for me it never fails like like you know i was painting the the song cubano dance place like when that's what i love about my work is when i'm painting when i'm doing it number one i i'm, I'm i've got the most i'm feeling at ease i'm feeling peace i'm feeling like i'm just just loving it i'm just enjoying like wherever i am whoever i'm with if i'm with somebody or not or if somebody's in front of me or not i'm in my happy place i'm in my zone where i'm just like this is it's just just wonderful to be able to do this yeah um so that's that fantastic but then you 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 go to these places and you meet different people and you you learn a little bit about their lives or you you you, you something kind of funny happens or you meet like a crazy character and um yeah you just you, it's just just always i'm just always learning about people and always learning about new new experiences and and seeing how different people live life you know we're, we're all here doing our things and everybody's got to do pretty much the same stuff 
um, but we've all got different situations and we've all got different circumstances in which we, we navigate, navigate our way through it. So I find I just learn a little bit more about, you know, the world and, and existence and uh, what it all means and, and you know, um, yeah, just, just, just learning. Cool. We've got a couple of minutes left. So um, what's next? Next, um, well, the summer's got a few possibilities. Really, what I need to do is learn Spanish. I've, I've got to get my Spanish better because there's so many, you know, I, I, at the Serie de Caribe, you know, I, I, of course, I've lived in Mexico for a while and you meet all the Mexican fans again. I met some of the owners from the teams in Mexico. And, um, yeah, I want to get back there for a while. Um, so I'm looking at a few kind of tours, a few trips over there. Uh, the Panama team were there, the Venezuelan team were there, the Colombian team, of course, won the Serie de Caribe. So they're all places that I want to get to. And I know that my Spanish is not where it needs to be and where I'd like it to be. So I'm looking to get over that part of the world, possibly, and do some Spanish learning. Um, Mexico, do some painting, um, work some teams over there, maybe work with the who knows over there. So got a few few projects here and there team gb are, are supposed to be playing again later on this year so i'm hoping i'll be back with drew and the lads um doing that um in europe yeah um but we'll see you know you never quite know with this with what i do it's it's uh never a straight line which is a good thing and a, and a bad thing but it's um but you never quite know where you're gonna end up tomorrow so we'll see so for today i'm in rugby <laughs> nice um so as usual, last word to the guest. Have we missed anything? Anything else we want to chat about before we go? Uh, you know what? I, I, I did mention the Joe Jackson thing, this one here. Yeah. One good thing with this and why everybody should go and buy one of these packs is that the money raised for the packs goes to the literacy program in um, in the States. The In, in um, is it Greensburg? I think Greensboro, where the, where the museum is. Um, they have set up, um, you know, like the little wooden mobile libraries. So what they're trying to do is put those in to increase because uh, Joe Jackson couldn't read. So uh, what Dan wants is to to help the literacy in, in the area. So he set up these they set up these mobile libraries or these these you know these uh, I don't know what you call those kind of libraries, but you know with they've got lines of little doors and the wooden kind. Yeah, of I know what you mean. Uh, one of these they're setting those up. So every time you buy one of those packs, the money that, that is raised for that goes to helping literacy in in the states. So um, I mean I've got I've got ones of these that again I think I'm going to try and get them online and then. Uh, yeah. See if I can do do similar, or at least donate the money raised from these to to literally over here. So, um, I think that's that's the one thing to mention there. I've got this 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 I think get to show you Paper Tigers, great book by Greg Klein. I've just done the cover for that. That was again since since we last talked. So there's yeah. Stripe, and then it's all about Ty Cobb and the 1912 uh, Detroit Tigers and Philadelphia Athletics. It's a really it's a really good story. Um, but that's been nominated for a Sabre Award, so very excited about that. Um, but yeah, I don't know, really, nothing else, really. I think I think we've covered a fair bit, and uh, just thanks for having me on as ever. Hey, anytime you know, those up, that's your hat trick of appearances now, is it? Wow, there we yeah. go. But well, if we had phone conversation into it, you'd have more chats than we have podcast that's episodes. That's it. It's always a pleasure to chat with you, Andy. You know that, Excuse and uh, yeah, we we'll look forward to seeing what you do. Oh, uh, where can we find Happy and Glorious, the book? Happy and Glorious is on my website, andybrownstadiums.com. 10% of money raised for that goes to help Team GB and keep the, 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 the programme being successful and running smoothly. So please go and get yourself copies of that. They're signed, dated and numbered. So yeah, we'll you put, get all the stuff there and Twitter, Instagram, yeah. usual places. We'll put the links in the show notes as well and you can send us the stuff for the, for the baseball card as well. 
I'm sure there'll be a few people that are out there that would be quite interested in getting the mitts on, on those two. Yeah, they're, they're good, yeah. And it, nice one, dude. I'll see you in a bit. Cheers, Cheers Matt.